Child, things are gonna get easier. Ooh, child, things will get brighter. Ooh, child, things are gonna get easier. Thank you for joining a special emergency edition of the ESBC podcast uh, network, and this goes in a in alignment with how we close the podcast. That you make a uh, living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. And right now we have two gentlemen who give a lot to the community. And in these times, uh, there's a special message that we're getting out to folks. Uh, in the times that we have pandemic, uh, we have a recession, and we have a social unrest all over the country. Today, our special guest is Reverend Tim Finley, who's been a minister of the Kingdom Fellowship Christian Center, Life Center in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, they're right up there with Sandra Bland. It's one of those stories with Brianna Taylor that it's a horrible story and a horrible story that doesn't die. And that just because we have a successful sports podcast does not exclude us our responsibility to society and to our neighbors uh, to fix this so we do not go through this again. And to that end, we have legend, uh, horse racing legend, Raider Jim Martinez, who's part of our regular uh, NFL podcast, our Colts Pokes podcast, and college basketball podcast. Thank you, Raider Jim, for setting this up. Always a pleasure. And thank you so much, uh, uh, Reverend Frimley, God bless you, and thank you so much for being uh, here with us and blessing us with uh, your 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 word, right, and your orientation today. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm honored to be on. Great. Well, as uh, Josh said, and as everybody knows who listens to us on a week in week out basis, we love to talk horse racing. We love to talk sports in general, but we do not shy away from any topic that is more important than sports. It's always good to have an outlet something to divert your attention from the things going on about you. At the same time, you can't ignore what's going on about you. And as things have progressed over the last few weeks and the last few months, they have really manifested and come to the surface, not that racial tension and things of that nature have not been at the forefront of conversation for many, many, many years. At 62 years old, and I vaguely remember the civil rights movement back in the 60s, I was fortunate. I grew up in a neighborhood that was diverse. My dad was, is Mexican, Indian, very, very dark complected, and therefore there were times that the remarks were made towards the family. I can remember being down having pizza with my uncle and my dad when I was five or six years old, and suddenly the pizza parlor decided they were closed and they weren't serving anymore until the next group came in. Now, I'm not at all saying that I was underprivileged or, or have faced the indifference that so many others have. So many others have faced so much greater indifference. Still, though, it's really manifesting over these last few months. When it comes to horse racing and what does that have to do with social injustice, uh, Brianna Taylor is a name that comes up. Everybody knows that name. In Louisville, Kentucky, as I started doing research, to talk about the Kentucky Derby, 
what was coming forward and what I was noticing is there was an effort being put forth asking the organizers of the Derby and Churchill Downs to postpone this worldwide, world-renowned event. And a name that kept popping up was Pastor Timothy Finley of the Kingdom Fellowship Christian Life Center and his organization, which he has started, and correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor, in coinciding with or as a wing of the Black Lives Matter movement, and that is the Justice and Freedom Coalition. Again, Pastor Timothy Finley joining us at a very last minute. We appreciate your time. Welcome, and please correct me if I've got anything wrong so far. Well, again, uh, thank you all for having me. Um, and the Justice and Freedom Coalition was really formed in the wake of uh, the murder of Breonna Taylor. Um, in terms of the Black Lives Matter movement, um, we're not affiliated with the organization, uh, but we certainly, certainly um, continue to push that reality, Very good. Uh, that, that prayer that Black lives will matter in this country, in this city. Uh, but again, thank you all for having me and, and looking forward to the conversation. Certainly. And to the listeners, I want you to know how transparent and genuine this gentleman is. It was a matter of seeing his name in the paper uh, repeatedly. I looked up his organization, his church on Facebook. I called his office, spoke immediately to his assistant who took my name, asked me to email her the questions I had to ask. And it wasn't 60 minutes later, I got an email with a phone number. And that leads us to right now. Pastor, I know you're driving home. It's a long day. Uh, we're on West Coast time and it's dinner time for the pastor. I'm going to get right into the questions. First one being, are you having a successful and supportive dialogue from any of the officials at Churchill Downs and or the Derby organizers? Well, to be completely transparent, I have not had um, conversation with the Kentucky Derby um, leadership staff, the president, vice president. Um, as I was sharing with you before we started, um, I literally yeah. in the next, within the last maybe 15, 20 minutes, uh, I saw that I believe it was the vice president, I believe, was on CNBC this morning um, talking about the, uh, the letter that we produced. But in terms of us having an actual dialogue, um, that has not happened. And to be completely honest, um, I don't know um, what that dialogue would produce. I think in light of everything that's going on, and I'm sure we'll dig into this, um, we just found it appropriate to uh, this year to really step away from this festive and celebratory time of watching these horses run and really deal right. with the injustice that's happening in our city. Very good. And then my other question was pretty much the same question with different players in it. How about a di the dialogue that you're having with the local government there and also with the local law enforcement? What is that dialogue like? Well, again, you know, when it comes to where we are nationally, and certainly where we are here in the city of Louisville, um, there has been dialogue. But again, I think what we're seeing more and more now, that as there are protesters hitting the streets, as there are demands being made, as, as, as people are expressing why they are outraged, what I'm starting to see more and more is that many of these individuals that occupy certain positions, um, they're so dug in and where their, you know, where their uh, base or who their supporters are, that it becomes very difficult to really have anything productive come from that. Um, but I, I think that there can be conversation. 
Uh, but I think as a black community, um, what we're saying is that we always have conversations. Um, we always express this is what's happening. And what's happening now is that we're seeing cell phone videos. So, you know, I, I can't speak for anyone else, but just for me, I would say at this point, um, I'm not as interested in conversation or even reconciliation. And I hope that you, you feel me on this. I'm right. not as interested in reconciliation at this moment um, until there is repairing, until there is justice, and until we address the thing. Um, uh, James Baldwin said something that I quote all the time, and it's so important. He said, we cannot fix what we will not face. And right now, what America and, and certain establishments want to do is rush into fix, but not really deal with facing certain things. Right. Excellent. That, that's very well put, and that's absolutely well, right. And, and to that, get to the heart of it, into facing, right? If you can absolutely. speak to something that I feel, and let me know if, if you feel the same way that I feel that's been throughout uh, the country. We have a we're here on the West Coast, and we have a podcast out of the South at St. Pete, Florida, and we, we've mirrored the feelings that this is different. This is different from before, you know, you, you go from Diallo to Eric Gardner, and that this time, especially to explain to people from uh, the Churchill Down kind of viewpoint, that this time, uh, it's almost like an enlightenment in a way, and we've been led really by the young, younger generation, that right. uh, we're not gonna take this anymore at all. And this is like a bottom line, okay? And mm -hmm. that would be step one. And then step two, uh, that Churchill Downs, and not just Churchill Downs, but uh, Adam Silver, uh, Manford from, uh, Major League Baseball, and I think this is what LeBron is saying and Doc Rivers is saying, is that they have to come out at this point and say uh, that the police officers in the Breonna Taylor situation need to be arrested, right? I know that on Facebook, if somebody says all lives matter, boom, you're racist now. Maybe six months ago, I would have tried to educate you or try to give you a, a pass. But right now, no, you are racist if you say that all lives matter, right? You're making a racist statement because we all know that the Black Lives Matter movement means Black Lives Matter just as much. And it's not about that. Yeah, so and I think you can speak to the, the shift that we have yeah. and maybe the shift that Churchill Down needs to understand that things are different now. Yeah, and I, and I think that, you know, you know, when you talk about the great John Lewis that just passed away and yes. he talked about you know, good trouble. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm 41. So of course, I'm, I'm not super, super young, but I'm not, I'm not old. So I'm in that middle area. And, and I'll say that what I'm seeing today, uh, I'm seeing a collective group of individuals who are tired, uh, but who are determined um, for change in this country. And this, this generation now that has really taken this movement by the horns and is moving forward um, has a different way. And I'll say this as well. They're exposed to more than right. any other generation has been exposed to. Correct. Uh, my daughter is 19 
and she has seen more killings on cell phone videos that we've seen on social media, you know, whether it be George Floyd, whether it be Eric Garner, whether it be um, this person, she's seen more in her lifetime than I think anyone should have to see. And that generation um, has said enough, enough is enough. So even to your point, when you say a few, you know, a year ago, someone said all lives matter. Well, let's take that time to educate. At this moment now, you have enough information I'm, I will no longer try and explain to someone who is committed to misunderstanding. Right. We know when we say Black Lives Matter, that we're not saying, people should know by now, that we're not saying that Black Lives Matter more than anyone else. Yeah. That has said, and I think, again, some of these things, they are not that people are um, oblivious. As right. much as it's tried, it's, it's, it's not. It is something more nefarious. It is something more hateful. So when you talk about Colin Kaepernick, who kneeled for um, in bringing attention to police brutality, and he did it during the anthem, and everyone lost their collective mind, and brought and the president brought in the military and brought in the police that this is what he's doing when he was saying this is not a disrespect to the military. I'm simply saying that we're tired of black men and women dying. Now, a year or what, uh, you know, what's that, four years ago, three years ago, something like that. Now, all of a sudden, it's the same thing that's going on. And we have what we have with the NBA. And I'll tell you this and, and how all of this kind of intertwines. The last 24 hours for me have been extremely interesting. I've had more people now contacting me about what's going to happen on the Derby since the NBA right. and the WNBA. Well, that's what... right. No, go ahead, finish. Please finish. Paul. I was going to say. Well, well I, actually, you, you were kind of leading me into my fourth question. Okay, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and the fourth question, because really, I, I, as I told your assistant, I only have four real, real easy questions that can be really expanded upon at the same time. And that is, are there plans for more organized efforts on Derby Day for a protest or to make a statement and what do you think last night's actions of all the professional athletes did to help bolster your position and give you some steam to move forward as we approach derby week yeah great question and you're answering that already yeah i say the first question is a pretty easy answer and that is absolutely will there Good. be okay. demonstrations absolutely um we know that the eyes of the nation will be on Louisville, Kentucky. We know that there will be coverage of the race going on inside of Churchill Downs. Um, but we also want the nation to understand that there is um, economic injustice. There is criminal injustice that is happening in our city. And the truth is um, the Churchill Downs, the Kentucky Derby, um, they have to take they have to take ownership of sort of the condition that many of the black people in our city um have have had to deal with so for instance this is the 146th year of the of the kentucky derby it is a massive financial um explosion for right. our city every year. right well if you come to louisville go to those distressed communities that are typically black communities and ask those people, what kind of economic boost are you getting? Right. You know, I remember, 
several years ago, NBC did a uh, article entitled How African Americans Disappeared from the Kentucky Derby. And there is a whole situation that, you know, early on, if I'm not mistaken, black men won more than half of the first 25 runnings of the Kentucky Derby. And then through time, through Jim Crow, there were some things that happened and we were regulated to stables. Um, I, I did a I did a uh, podcast the other week with a gentleman who has been advocating for more black jockeys. So I say all that to say, while that's a that's a whole nother fight. The truth is many black people, black and brown people in Louisville, Kentucky, have already had an issue with the capitalism and the classism of Kentucky Derby. I am born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, the way that I grew up seeing the Derby, it was never about Churchill Downs. It wasn't about the horses. For us, it was about family, getting together, and going to a barbecue because we never felt like we were a part of that, ever. So when you talk about now in the wake of Breonna Taylor's murder and in the wake of, you know, we, we're dealing with that, but somehow we may have forgotten that black people are also dying at two and two and a half times the rate of white people from COVID-19. So we're dealing with all of these things. Um, and that's not, we're not dying because we want to die. We're dying because of underlying health issues that are related to healthcare injustice. So I say all that, and I know that's a long answer, but to simply say the time for us is right this year with 2020 being the kind of year that it is, we're saying we don't feel like being festive and we don't feel like that it's right. right. We don't think that it's, um, that it's humane. We don't think that it's, um, and it's callous, it's insensitive to have this, this race. To your second question, I think the NBA and the WNBA, and even to a, to a smaller degree, the Major League Baseball uh, folks that sat down, they absolutely provided steam. Now, we were going to do this regardless. And, of course, none of us knew sure. that you know, they were going to do that last night. But now, all of a sudden, the world says, okay, even sports now, sports, these mega, these mega athletes are saying, no, you know, in, in the wake of Mr. Blake being shot seven times in the back and being paralyzed, these are issues. And, and we have a young black woman who in many ways has been forgotten in the national media that we're saying, no, it's been five months since she was murdered and our mayor and our, our police department have covered things up. They've obstructed um, the, the investigation. And we've been here all this time saying we want justice for Brianna. So now the Derby is here and we still don't have justice. And I just believe that if we're going to be, we call ourselves a compassionate city in Louisville. If we're going to be the compassionate city, then we have to take a hard look in the mirror and ask ourselves. And I would, I would say this to every one of those Churchill Downs officials. Do you really think that this is the time to do that right now? Excellent. Excellent. Well put. And it sounds to me like you are up. Yeah. uh, Pastor Phil uh, Finley, if you can do me a favor. Sure. I just had this uh, unfortunate discussion last night. And this is something that's very near and dear to my heart and very, very, very upsetting. And as they, this unfortunate individual, what, you know, it's one of those things where generally I don't think he's a bad guy, 
but he brings up the criminal background of Blake. And if and I, and I love to publicize this, and I know you're going to give me a great answer, and I'm going to play this recording to every time somebody says this. If you can please explain to us Brianna Taylor's background, how she was not a criminal. She was somebody who just passed her EMT test. And uh, there's a great article, I, I believe, in Manny Fair. Well, Josh, we talked about I, her mom. Can I tell you how ironic this is, though, Josh? The Courier Journal, uh, I believe it was the Courier Journal, j just put out a story where they said the LMPD, someone, I'm sorry, not the LMPD, someone leaked um, a part of this report. And in the report, they're now trying to sully Breonna Taylor's background. Unbelievable. Who she was dating and things of that nature. And I say that, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but no. that is, that's the playbook that you will notice when it comes to oftentimes with minorities, especially with black and brown people, that we often find ourselves having to deal with our character and our reputation being assassinated. And then those who are the perpetrators, um, individuals seemingly protecting and serving them. And that thing is that's happening right now in Louisville, Kentucky. And that's a part of the divide in our in our city is because you have a segment of the population who has now tried to put ridiculous, irrelevant um, sort of storylines on her name that have absolutely nothing to do with the fact that the police on a on a no knock warrant on a bogus uh, affidavit killed that girl in her home and that's what we have to deal with as a matter of fact i don't even i don't usually even get into what a person's you know what a person was or what they were doing that has nothing to do with the fact that she was killed in her home right right and whatever she was doing right regardless does not uh equal an immediate death penalty and Absolutely. for somebody who's not ill-equipped to be judge and jury instantaneously for this. And let me ask you this. And let me know if I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, Raider Jim tells me I'm wrong once or twice every day. Right? Well, you got to have somebody like that. You got to. <laughs> <laughs> My wife about 10 times. But uh, silence is violence. So for what you said, Churchill Downs, and I did this in my community. I told uh, the, the white racist city council members if they did not denounce the murder of George Floyd. How hard is that to denounce the murder of George Floyd, right? If they yeah. did not denounce the murder of George Floyd, I was gonna make sure that my audience and everybody knew that all of them were racist. And it took him 28 days for them everybody on the Lake Forest, California uh, City Council to be able to do that. And I said, because it took you 28 days, because that's such a hesitation, shows uh, the, the coldness in your heart and the racism that you have in your heart. In that vein, am I wrong to think that Churchill Downs has to ask for the arrest of the police officer in the Breonna Taylor case and that the courier, from based on what you're saying, the Louisville courier, it's also being racist and complicit in the, you know, I hate to say it, 
but it's the truth. White supremacist underpinnings there in Louisville, Kentucky, and perpetuating racism uh, with that with that horrible uh, racist backwards mentality of trying to look in somebody's background uh, to distract and gaslight from holding people accountable for committing crimes and the worst crime you can commit, which is murder. No, I don't think you're wrong at all. As a matter of fact, I think that not only should, I think the least that they can do is call for uh, the arrest of those officers and call their names out. I, I think that's the least that they can do. I believe that, you know, there should be, you know, if, if what those officials are saying in terms of unifying the community, well, the way you can unify the community is you can send resources into distressed communities. Um, one thing that I've been saying this over and over, that we're at a time now to where people don't want your sympathy. They want justice and they want resources. You know, that, that to me is what needs to happen going forward. And, and that's what, again, if people say, well, what can I do or what are you asking for? Um, right. That link that I shared with you all, it gives great detail. I believe yes. it's 20 some pages of specific things. You know, when we talk about, um, you know, the conditions around many of our communities, um, it is not because, you know, we are lazy or inferior or, in, or not intelligent. There are conditions around us that are designed to keep, again, certain communities in certain places. And I think if we're going to be this shining beacon of a, of a country that we say that we are, if Churchill Downs is really about being unifying, then they have to do more than just talk on these, these podcasts and radio interviews and TV interviews. There needs to be substantive change and there needs to be resources that are sent into the communities to empower organizations that are already doing the work. Absolutely right, and, and what you're well, saying is, is very. Can, uh, on your link as well, you have people where people can uh, send in money. Is that correct? You can send our checks. Yeah. Well, you know, but here's the thing, um, Josh, and then I, and then I know um, Raider Jim had a, a question there. But I'll say this: Yes, it's it's money. Yes, it's resources. But there's so much more than that too. You know, there there there's so there's so many other things in our society. There are so many different ways that you know you can attack certain issues what you did with your major platform you said to the city council where you were if you don't come out and call for the arrest of these officers i'm going to make sure that my entire audience knows right. that what you just did you put pressure that they could not ignore so many people in the community so many of these corporations of these individuals that have these major platforms if they would if they would speak truth to power, if they would use their influence, you know, that in and of itself, we would see a sea change immediately. And those are the kinds of things that I think have to happen if we're really about caring and loving our fellow brother and sister. And I think you bring up a good point. Uh, and <clears throat> Andrew Cuomo made a good point, right? And we always talk, we started the podcast with Winston Churchill, is... Uh, and it goes to our community as well. There's some things more important than fear. Yeah. And uh, in my business life, you know, there's certain things I haven't stand for and I've gotten rid of my biggest clients. 
And I think it's part for our community. Sometimes we treat people from outside the community better than we treat ourselves. And it's sometimes that we have to uh, draw the line, right? And it's not that you're threatening people, is that you're drawing a new line that you have to draw now that has not been dri driven before. And that uh, some people want to have it both ways. They want to have their cake and eat it too. So uh, my wife and I have a thing of, there's no such thing as kidding, right? Because people say they're kidding because they don't want to pay the consequences of how they really feel. And there's a lot of, uh, white people, I would say, who want to be racist, but do not want to pay the consequences for being racist. And well, is it true, uh, Reverend Finley, that maybe we should draw that line and well, we, make we clear what the consequences for being racist are from a financial yeah. standpoint and from the pen being mightier than the sword? When you talk about drawing that line, really what you're talking about is, you know, where a person stands. Right. And when, you know, what comes to mind is what is something that Dr. Martin Luther King said that has stuck with me for years. And I think it's amazing. He said the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. And right now we're in a time of challenge and we're in a time of controversy and where people stand, where Churchill Downs stands will determine what side of history you will be on. Because this year, 2020, this derby, is not something that people are going to forget for the 147th running or the 150th running. This will be the year where it is a catalyst for them to go forward or they will be complicit in what we in my community feel is injustice. And that's as simple as it is. Right. Do you believe that within the locker room? Yeah, I believe that within the locker room. That for horse racing fans, I know Raider Jim and the other guy in the podcast are, are horse racing fans and they want to stay out of politics. But uh, it's reiterating to them, making clear that times has changed and things are different. And you can talk to this Raider Jim as well. Because uh, I think you've been in short shell down. There's a lot of symbolism right a lot of tradition oh it's steeped in tradition and, and what i was going to ask the pastor is do you think that if you could get into the locker room of the good old boys club of churchill downs and the derby organizers do you believe there is any presence of young blood if you will that if they could be honest with the elders would say you need to listen to Pastor Finley, you need to listen to the organizers of the other groups in Louisville, you need to listen to those people nationally who are making statements that are very, very valid. Do you believe that even exists within the confines of the secret society? Well, I'll say this. Um, I have long heard, and it's been rumored about this, the, the inner sanctum of Churchill Downs. I'm not a part of that, don't know much about it, but if I had the opportunity um, to get into that room, I would welcome it because I would love to be able to, to really speak to what I believe um, are systemic and structural uh, right. injustices that I believe those who would be in that room would have the power 
to affect and change. So I, for that, I would absolutely welcome the opportunity to do it. And, and do you think, as you were referring to, in this day and age, the younger people have been more empowered due to social media, due to technology. They have the cell phone videos, your daughter, your 19-year-old daughter who has seen more murder than, than anybody should ever have to see in a lifetime, let alone at 19. Do you think those types of personalities do exist within that room? Well, I'll tell you this. I haven't seen any evidence of it. Okay, very good. Uh, but I, I, now it could be, and I try to be, as, I try to be positive when I need to be positive. But I'll say it, it doesn't seem like that that is um, any evidence out there for that to be the case. But there could be. And how about Louisville and the University of Kentucky? Do you have any ties with those folks, or has anybody from those administrations reached out to you? Do they support you? Is there have there been any dialogues with those two institutions? Well, you know, as a lifelong Cardinal fan, I try to stay away from the University of Kentucky as much as possible. Well, you're blowing, you're blowing my ending question. At the end, I was going to say I have two questions, and one of those questions was Wildcat or Cardinal? <laughs> always, listen, always Cardinal. My mom, uh, my, mother, she, uh, my mother graduated from the University of Kentucky, so uh, it's always interesting. But, no, they have not. I just saw that the Kentucky football team um, left practice today. Um, and, okay. and did it, had a statement, but I have not talked to um, anyone from there yet, but who knows that I think in the next week, there's probably going to be a lot more conversation as we get closer to the Derby. And the NCAA did post a statement on the face page of their, uh, their website that encourages not only the young people, the young collegiate athletes to stand up for themselves, but also it was very nice because they did throw in there, make sure you go out and vote make a difference well you know respect. and I probably a conversation for another day now i don't know if i told you all this now i'm an avid sports radio um listener oh um, no way yeah so i'm i'm in heaven right now because i feel like i'm like uh you know on on uh sport you know i feel like i'm doing what i've always wanted to do but i'll oh, say yeah, this. i was getting the vibe man we gotta have uh pastor friendly on again man that's I'd it because I have strong. We'll bring you on to make you, you can give us your NFL picks every week. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. But listen, I have strong nice. feelings about the NCAA, and I think that this pandemic has put them in a tight spot when it comes to student yeah. athletes versus paying their uh, their athletes. So, but I'll say this: with that being said, in terms of standing with the players and all that kind of stuff, you know that just it seems very convenient right now. Yeah. It seems yeah, very think, convenient. Yeah. And for years I've heard of that, you know, it's been exploitation since day one, uh, Michael Jordan on down, that, you know, we were going to see, and this is what it, it felt like yesterday, that we were going to see a Final Four where uh, the African-Americans in the Final Four just walk off, walk off the Final Four and make, uh -huh. make them feel the economic impact. And uh, I'll say it from here, because I know you're in the fire there, and uh, I respect that. But from here, I would love to, the time of the Kentucky Derby, some demands are met that with the SEC and the ACC being the only ones playing, that gives a lot of leverage uh, to the yeah. African-American ballplayers, both at the University of Kentucky and the SEC and the uh, ACC, uh, University of Louisville, African-American players. The, the demands are not met, 
uh, in the Kentucky Derby, there's going to be a football Saturday. They're not playing. Yeah, I, I think that this is the this is a seminal moment. I think that where people think this is going to go away, this is where things are different now. I think this is not going away. This Absolutely. is not something that is going to just evaporate. Um, these young men and women are committed to this. Um, I think that our and then think about this: we've got a hugely important election in November, where we're going to see we're going to see some shifts in this country that I think are going to reverberate for years. I know. I, I pray for Miss McGrath every day. <laughs> <laughs> we try to keep politics out of that, but uh, <laughs> I pray Absolutely. for her a lot. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Well, Pastor Finley, I know you're driving home. We have kept you on much longer than I intended, but it sounded like you were okay oh. with the conversation. We are more than okay with the conversation. You have an open invitation. Matter of fact, I'm going to have to anoint you an honorary member. I can't give you top billing as my favorite Louisville, Kentucky son, though, but I can put you in the 1B slot because three I'll, I'll times I had an opportunity. Three times I had an opportunity to meet a guy named Muhammad Ali. Oh, wow. No, no. See, I got to be number and, five. I can't even be, I can't even share one with him. No. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. You know what? The, the, the time, uh, the effort you have put into this, and again, the transparency and a word I like to use with people who definitely touch me, and it's obvious. You're a genuine man, and you are a real man, and I really appreciate your time. Wow. I appreciate that. This has been great. I actually pulled over because I was having such a good time. So, uh, no, thank you. Give us a closing message. What, what would you like to say to the audience out there? If you would like to send a message uh, of your own, if you were speaking to the congregation and, and you were wrapping up uh, your message for the week, what would it be? Um, I would just say that I think this is a time for all of us to um, – to look at what our priorities are. This is a time for all of us to get involved and see where the injustices are and figure out ways that we can walk out with that, that uh, truth, that reality um, in our Christian tradition. And that's to love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. This is a time where this, this moment has afforded us um, ample opportunities for us to walk that out. So um, that's what I would say to people. And let's come out of this um, better as a society. Let's come out of this better as cities. And let's see reform and change across the country. And let's change the president. Right. <laughs> there you go. There well, you it go. Seems like you have a lot more. on your heart. And we have a great platform. And Thursdays, we have uh, Matt Bird from uh, the South. We would love to have you every Thursday to. Amplify the different things that you have in your heart because I know that I have in my heart the whole Brianna Taylor situation. And we have 20,000 downloads a month. We get up to uh, 500,000 impressions on social media. And man, you would make a great impact with us every Thursday. I, I I'd love to do it, man, anytime. I, I'll clear my calendar to make sure I can do it. Love it. All right, every Thursday. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get with Very you. Very good. And, uh, well, Pastor Finley, as I told you, when we uh, finally contacted by phone uh, and introduced myself, I don't walk any day by myself. And you know what I mean by that. And I told you after reading the articles, it came clear to me that I knew I'd be able to reach out to you. I was led to reach out to you. I appreciate that you got back to us. And uh, it's 
every day is a good day when you wake up above the soil. But when you get to you get introduced to a new friend and a new brother, it's one of the best days it's ever going to be in your life. And I feel like I have made a new friend and a new brother in you today. Absolutely. I feel the same way. And just, again, appreciate you all for having me on and looking forward to being back on. Oh, right, 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 right. Thank you, Ben. Yeah, and we always – All right, Reverend. Have a good yeah, evening. No, and, and I'll close the, the podcast with two, two ones, right? The one that I got for reading the Muhammad Ali book. I got to give that one. Uh, something things come and pass. Only the things we do for Christ are the only ones that last. And we always win with Winston Churchill. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC. Thank you, Reverend. Podcast. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Have a good evening. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is free. It's a podcast that I use. <clears throat> And they really do a good job for us here at the GFSN betting and team report podcast. It helps us make 70 to 80% of your bets. Now, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, my brothers. I'm the best there is.